back to Happy and Healthy. If you are watching the YouTube video of this, you can clearly see that I'm here with a very, very special guest, you guys. Um, I just want to go ahead and preface that today's episode is definitely a lot heavier than we've normally talked about on here. Um, I'm going to be sharing my friend Chandler's story today about human trafficking and how she was almost human trafficked. Um, we're also going to provide you guys ways to help, ways to give back, what to look for, um, because this is a big thing. This is happening. We cannot deny it. Um, even though some people might want to deny it, we're not going to be denying that today because it is happening. It is real and it is affecting people's lives like permanently. And so um, this is my friend Chandler Hatchet. Hi. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, Chandler and I go way back. And yeah. we've known each other for how long now? Um, it was 2017, maybe, when we first met. Has it been five years? I mean, uh, yeah. Wait, no. no. Four years. No. Four years. Four years. My math. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not major in math. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, it happens to all of us. <laughs> yeah. So Chandler, tell me a little bit about yourself and everything. Um, so yeah. So my name is Chandler Hatchet. Um, Janine is one of my precious dear friends. And um, we met through working out at the same gym in we Dallas. Bye. Bye. Yes. That's right. And um, God has just been so specific in our friendship and just yeah. keeping us together Um across state lines and mm-hmm. now I've moved to Austin you and did. right you, when I moved back to Dallas yes and I'm mad because you moved literally right down the street from my neighborhood and I'm crazy I'm upset about it I'm upset too <laughs> but I will say Dallas is a lot closer than LA it so is I'll, I'll take it Perfect. okay sorry we just have to do some readjusting okay so Chandler <laughs> just moved to Austin she's a mom she has an incredible husband um, and she's like a big sister to me, to be honest, like literally we'll sit down and she'll be like, okay, tell me everything. Tell me everything about boys and <laughs> dating and ministry. And so she is a woman after God's heart and like a big sister to me. And so she's Thank very you. dear in my life. Well, I love you. But Chandler <laughs> has recently gone through something that was, you could say quite traumatic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we want to share her story today about, um, how she almost got human trafficked. And so I'm basically just going to be listening. You guys are going to be listening to the story. Of course, I might have some questions along the way. And then at the end, we're going to kind of just talk about some things. Um, And so Chandler, like take the mic of your story of what happened and why has God put this mission on your heart? Okay. I'm going to actually start way long before this actual story began um, and say that I originally started this little lifestyle and wellness blog, and that's actually how we got connected through the same gym and um, felt the Lord calling me to be really more bold and sharing and proclaiming my faith. And um, through that experience, started uh, teaching the Bible and leading women's Wednesday night Bible studies and um, speaking at churches and I wrote a devotional and so entering into ministry in my life um, and utilizing this platform for his goodness and his glory. And um, felt like that is exactly, that was going to be it. That was the big calling on my yeah. life and that the Lord was going to use mm-hmm. that. And he did and has. Um, and then uh, in February of last year or 2020, I attended a conference by Christine Kane with oh, a 21 and had the most incredible spiritual experience. Like I think I texted you as mm-hmm. I was leaving and I was like, I cannot explain to you what happened, but it was the most amazing experience. Okay. And um, it was at that conference that I felt really um, drawn towards getting involved and donating money to um, A21. Um, and they are an incredible global human trafficking company. Yeah, amazing. Uh, for, um, not a human trafficking organization that goes in and literally pulls 
women and children and men out of trafficking positions and then provides them with restoration and care. Um, and so it was on my heart. And ever since February of 2020, I started really researching it. That yeah. summer, I spent a lot of time looking um, online and, and trying to figure out more about it. I was intrigued. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, like I'm an Enneagram three, like social justice was never like my Same. end goal, like yeah. ever. I just... I wanted to encourage women. I wanted to share Bible stories and Bible verses and just make it all fluffy and happy and Jesus and everything. And I just wanted it to be happy. And, um, I didn't know now I know now in hindsight, the Lord was calling me out of that a little bit. Um, and I've learned a whole lot about God's heart and God's heart for his people in this process. Mm. But over that summer, I spent a lot of time, um, really researching and, um, asking the Lord to break my heart for what breaks his. And, um, when you pray that prayer and you ask it, you need to be prepared uh, yeah, you do. for a broken heart because um, he certainly broke mine. Um, October came. My youngest sister, I'm the oldest of five, and the youngest sister was getting married. And I planned this incredible bachelorette party for her in Miami, Florida. Um, and so we're flying down to Miami. It's October. And I'm on the airplane. And I get this overwhelming um sense of anxiety that I need to pray. I need to stop and I need to pray for protection. And I Whoa. started praying for protection over all these girls. And I like, I pray like, dear Lord, keep us safe or like Lord, let the plane land. But I don't ever like sit and really pray for protection. It's just never been something that was number one on my list. Um, maybe it's cause I'm selfish and I'm just praying for my needs, <laughs> but <laughs> we all do it. I prayed and prayed and prayed for protection um, over the girls. I thought it was more about COVID, like don't let anyone get sick, let the, you know, um, just keep us safe. We got there and had this free feeling after I prayed it, like a, like a fog had been lifted and I felt great. Um, the entire bachelorette party was perfect. It was so fun. I mean, we had the best time. We didn't go anywhere. We just stayed yeah. at the hotel. We had the entire floor because our group was so large. There were 25 of us, 23 of us, I think. Sorry, we have to pause because there's a there's a clicking noise and I don't want jewelry. Jewelry, it's so pretty though. We love the bracelets, Thank but you. I don't want you to hear the noises. Okay, sorry. So okay, resume. So we arrived. The entire bachelor party is absolutely perfect. We had the best time. We actually didn't even go anywhere. I planned like little mini parties inside the room. We had the entire floor to ourselves because uh, our party was large enough. We filled the entire floor. Um, it was super safe. It was a five star hotel. I mean, we felt like about as safe as we possibly could be. Mm. And on the last day, on Saturday, um, we went on a boat ride. And on the way to the boat, I had that overwhelming feeling again, like I need to pray for protection. And I thought it was because we were going on a boat. And I remember thinking, oh, like, dear Lord, I hope that the boat drivers don't traffic us. And I thought that I thought it and I prayed and prayed and prayed about it. And one of the girls on the bachelorette party actually works with victims of human trafficking every single day in Louisiana. So she and I had had this really long sense of conversation because it was on my heart. I'd been interested in it um, the day before at the pool. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed, just Lord, protect us, protect us while we're on the boat, protect us while we're in the water, while, you know, people are drinking, you know, all that stuff. And, um, felt that scary feeling lift and got on the boat, had the best time, came back. And didn't know that all of that praying was for something that was yet to come. So that mm. evening, um, that evening we were having a pajama party. It was a pit bull themed pajama party because we were in Miami. <laughs> I had bought bald caps for all the girls and we had matching pajamas and we were just like dancing to pit bull songs and Kathleen was opening lingerie. It was just really yeah. fun. We were just being girls. It was like a sleepover. And all of a sudden I got this horrible migraine and, um, 
like the type of migraine that was like debilitating. I started to feel sick. So I was like, I got, I got to take a break from the girls dancing and playing around. And so I turned to my sister, Carly, who I was sharing a room with down the hall. And I said, Carly, I'm just going to go have some quiet time. And I went into my room. I turned off all the lights and I sat in the shower and let the water run over my head. So I was on the floor of the shower sitting with the water running over my head. And it wasn't two minutes after I had entered the room that I heard um, my, my door slam to my hotel room. And I thought, oh, Carly must have come in the room. Mm-hmm. And I saw Carly's shadow walk across the entrance of the bathroom. I saw her shadow like back towards the bed. Didn't think anything of it. And sat there just not wanting anybody to mess with me because my head hurts so bad. Um, and about eight minutes later, I heard this pounding at my door. And I thought, okay. Who's pounding at my door, first of all? Also, Carly's in the room. Why isn't she answering the door? So I was like, okay, this is, I'm annoyed, right? I know that it's probably my mom or my sister if they're pounding at the door. So I get up and I I don't even grab a towel. I'm like sopping wet, unclothed. And I open the front door to my hotel room and it's my mom and my sister, the sister who I thought was in the room with me. Oh my gosh. And as as they're talking to me, I notice that both of their faces go from concern and checking on me to horror at what they see behind me. And I turn around and I see that there's a man in my room. He's been in the room the entire time I was in the shower. He entered the room while I was in the shower. Um, and oh, I have chills. Like literally <laughs> I have chills. It's pretty horrifying. Like that's probably the one like during therapy when they're like, what's the scariest moment of that? And it was turning around and making that realization that there was a man who had not only entered the room, but had closed the door behind him, locking the two of us in the same area. <sighs> um, long story short, um, a struggle ensued, um, a fight kind of broke out. We were able to subdue him. Um, you know, I was still undressed when the, when the police arrived that we, we got him in an elevator bank cause we like held the elevator open. And I remember one, one girl, Lindsay, literally, cause the bat, the rest of the bachelorette party comes running out when they hear us screaming and literally everyone was doing whatever they could. And I just remember Lindsay like holding her body up against the elevator door, just doing everything she could to make sure that door didn't close, like with her whole body. And Ugh. I'm, you know, we're fighting and holding him in and I'm still undressed and sopping wet. The police arrive. Someone takes a, a comforter off the bed and wraps me in it. And that's mm. like, that was what covered me for the rest of the evening until I finally like had my wits about me to put my pajamas back on. Um, and as the investigation unfolded we found that he had brought some things into the room with him he had a bag of with two changes of clothes one seemed to be kind of like a jumpsuit like a cashmere jumpsuit for a, it was light blue like a woman's jumpsuit and one seemed to be a um like a blazer and a dress shirt like something you would wear for security like a person at a hotel um so he had a ball cap he had a, a rag like a cleaning rag um, and it was at that point that the police were like, he hasn't stolen anything. He was in that room waiting for you while you were in the shower and he brought some things. Um, it is the investigators as well as my personal belief that his intention was to remove me from the property. He also had a key to another, a room at another hotel. So they're pretty certain that that was where we would have headed. Um, and the best part about the whole thing if there is a good part, there's lots, there's lots of God moments, but 
the only reason my mom came to the room is because she had this overwhelming gut feeling that she had to come check on me. Mm. She just felt this mom's intuition. My daughter's not okay. I need to go check on her. And I'm 30, like I'm a 33 year old woman. So Mm. if I have a migraine, like you don't, don't, you don't need to come check on me. Yeah. Um, and I'm strong. I'm independent. I like, she's very strong. I have a, I work out. I have, I have a concealed handgun license. Like I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on here, but like I have felt like I watch, I watch like true crime TV. Like if there's anyone who's prepared for something like this, it's me in my, in my mind. Right. But like the Lord had me in the most vulnerable position I could possibly be in. Unclothed, wet, sitting on the floor in the dark with it. The only way that I would have been saved or delivered from that is because my mom the Lord brought my mom to me. Yeah, the Lord pinged your mom's spirit. Yeah. And in the wrestling, in the moments after this of like, Lord, why me? Why, why, why was, why me? And then also, why was I saved? Why did the Lord deliver me from this when there's so many women that aren't? Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, since he's been in prison, other, other jailmates have come forward. The state attorney has mentioned that saying, hey, we've got dirt on this guy. I can tell you who he's connected to. So, I mean, he's a part of a larger group, um, which is even scarier. Oh, sick. <laughs> so, so sick. Thinking that, knowing, like, I, there's no way I should be home holding my children. There's no way I should be home safe in my bed next to my husband because there are so many women that that's not their story. And furthermore, if we hadn't have sat and fought him, he probably would have gotten away. And, mm-hmm. like, who knows who else this would have happened to and that wrestling and that, and that fighting with, with the Lord, because it hasn't been pretty mm. <laughs> as I processed it. It's like, God, why? Um, and the Lord just like put it on my heart. Like, yeah, I delivered you, but I delivered you because I had my Holy spirit, like get your mom's attention. And yeah. she was obedient to that. And she acted on that obedience. Mm. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because like, yeah, God can, God, God can do anything. He can perform his miracles, but we are, we are his hands and feet on this yeah, earth. Yeah. And maybe all it takes is one of us just looking around us and answering that call of the Holy Spirit in our own, in our own, you know, gut feeling to be obedient to that, that we might make that difference in being the deliverance for somebody else. Yeah. Um, so it was really evident to me that the Lord was calling me to no longer just be a fluffy Bible teacher. Um, he was calling me to surrender my life to him, which is what you do when you become a Christian, when you become a member of the, of the, of the church, when you decide to follow Jesus, you surrender your life. You've been crucified with Christ. Now it's yeah. no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. You surrender your life to the things that matter most to the heart of God. Um, and obvious, it is obvious there's an entire Bible written about how much his people matter to yeah. the heart of God. And so every single victim, every single person, um, you know, that's, that isn't, there's over 40 million people enslaved and and trafficking in the world right now, 40 million, that there are more people enslaved on earth in our modern day history than ever before. That is crazy. It's so insane to me. And every single one of those 40 million people, it says in Psalm 139, the Lord knit them together in their mother's womb. The Lord knows them intimately. The Lord Mm -hmm. loves them. And it breaks his heart. Yeah. And I asked him to break my heart for what breaks his. And and he showed me. <laughs> and I've been doing a lot of research on it. And I'll tell you what I was telling you earlier. Like, I just know 
that talking about this is a call from the Lord for us to do something and to act on it. Chandler was saying that she felt like the Lord broke her heart for what broke his and human trafficking breaks his heart. Absolutely. It does. His children are enslaved and being taken advantage of and abused and no freedom and no voice and little, little children are being abused. Little children. And they're growing up thinking like, oh, what did I do to deserve this? This must be something I did. Their parents, sometimes their own parents are the ones that traffic them. Right. And that's a really good point because one of the things about my story that it does is it makes, it kind of, I think it wakens people like you and me that look like you and me that live a life like you and me that it that it can happen to any of us. Yeah. But what I really don't want this story to do is I don't want it to sensationalize a topic that does not need sensationalizing because the vast majority of victims of human trafficking come from marginalized communities. Mm. The vast majority of these um, types of stories and granted, obviously it happened to me like stories like mine, stories like the movie taken that that does exist. Right. But the reality is that this, um, this, human trafficking is discreet and it's easy because they exploit the most vulnerable people of our society. And the reality is it's happening underneath our noses. Um, Last night at Bible study, we were talking about it. And I said that I can guarantee that every single person sitting in this room has come in contact with somebody who is involved in trafficking, either a victim or that's somebody who, who utilizes services that have been used by trafficking, maybe unknowingly, right? Um, or is actually trafficking other people. I look back knowing what I know now, and I was a teacher in high school, and I just, there are two girls that really stick out to me that I feel like if I had just known, if I had just known, maybe I could have asked questions. We had one student go missing from the high school campus. And you never saw her again? They never saw her again. Oh. Um, she was last seen leaving high school with her boyfriend and her boyfriend's mom which is very common. So most victims um, are are um, exploited by people that they've decided to trust. They've um, entered into a relationship with someone online and they've kind of been groomed to trust them. They leave with them and they never come home. Or, um, you know, someone offers them a job and they're looking for a better life, but they don't realize that, that job is actually forced labor. Um, or they've been groomed online because they're a child isolated in their room a lot with parents that are working multiple jobs, or maybe they've experienced abuse in their past and they're a runaway and they're trying to get away. These young people are being exploited. A lot of kids are being groomed online. Um, you know, just crazy. Like social media makes it so easy. Oh, so easy. And I brought some statistics because it's really interesting to see, um, like the number, this is from, this is from the um, National Human Trafficking Hotline. So this is their 2019 report. So I'm going to read a few things. So I want you to keep that in mind, human trafficking report. Um, but out of, um, in 2019, they said the top uh, sex trafficking types are um, escort services, which, you know, makes sense. Yep. Um, yep. And then pornography, digital trafficking. And Tim Tebow just came out with a video talking about how the United States majority of um, abuse that's happening online on online digital tra- trafficking with pornography, specifically with minors, is not happening in the United States. It's happening outside the United States, but it's yeah. being funded by our country. That's so sick. It is men and women in our country who are looking for that, and they are trying to satiate our country's wants, and our country's wants are funding mm. more and more 
illegal activity. But it's really interesting to think even more so, like what are the um, the five top five risk factors? <clears throat> this is it. This is in twenty nineteen, right? So top five risk factors of a typical person who would become a victim is substance use concern, runaway homeless youth, recent migration or relocation, unstable housing, and mental health concern. Mm. Um, and I just think about all the different, I think all, how many people didn't have this risk factor in 2019 that yeah. now. Yeah. After the, the pandemic. After the pandemic, it's just like probably even higher now. Oh, yeah. Substance use is up, <clears throat> mental health abuse issues is up, abuse is up, um, homelessness is up, lack of jobs is up, unstable housing, migration, relocation. It's just like, you think about all of this and I'm like, I, I can only imagine what these numbers are going to look like when the 2020 report comes out. Because oh, I, yeah. I can't wrap my mind around it. And I just can't be quiet about it anymore. Yeah. I just feel like the Lord is saying, you cannot follow me and neglect my hurting people. Mm. And mm. we have a we have a tendency to not want to go there in our minds. Yeah, yeah, it's easy just to look away and be like, it's not happening. Just because yeah. it didn't happen to me doesn't mean it's not happening. But yeah. the thing is, it did happen to you. It did. <laughs> and it's, it's wild because, I mean, first of all, like, I am so thankful praise jesus that you are here and you were alive yeah. like i remember i was on my way to a camp and chandler texts me and she was like i i don't want to freak you out but i almost was human trafficked and i was like i'm sorry what and i like go through the story and i'm just like yeah praising god that oh, chandler was like oh, <laughs> i'm so thankful that she's here that you're alive yeah. and the lord protected you but it, it is crazy, though, that, too, that it shows that by you being obedient to the Lord and being in tune with your spirit, the Lord was able to ping your heart. And, like, that's because you have been prepping and training. What does the Lord's voice sound like? Yeah. And then he pinged you, and then you're like, that's the Lord. I'm going to pray. And so he did protect you. So thank you for being bold to share this story because I know that has been so hard on you. You got you had to go through healing and, and therapy for this, and it's yeah. not been easy. But yeah. the Lord is using it to to use your voice to help other people and help other people be aware of like, okay, what can I do now? Right. Well, just to follow up on what you said, like I, I always see like if you're walking in salons now in Texas, at least there's like a sign on the door that says help stop human trafficking. They've got pictures yeah. of people's faces on them. <clears throat> um, and obviously I told you that I had even had the thought, like if we're on the boat, what if, what if this is a trafficking, you know, because my mind goes to the sensationalized story, right? Because that's what I know from the movie taken and everything. Yeah. I, I now know more about trafficking. Um, but even like we were on the boat and we went past like the shipping containers and I mm. even turned to two of the girls on the bachelorette party and they were like, Oh my gosh, you're such a buzzkill. Like, why are you going here? And I was like, how many of those do you think are filled with people? Oh, like that, the that's day chilling. that it happened. It was on my heart. It was on my mind. It was because God put it there. Yeah. And I had just been kind of living with that. It, just pushing it aside and the morning after it happened I woke up in the morning after a really horrible night's rest still in a fog still in the days I don't remember much about the day I flew home on the airplane mm. and um when we got through security I ran into the bathroom to wash my hands because you know pandemic and as I'm washing my hands I look up and I notice there's like I can't see my face in the mirror because there's a piece of paper hanging on the mirror right here where my head is and I, I looked around it so I could see my face. Like I moved around the paper to see my face. And then I went back to the paper. And as I was drying my hands, I read the paper. 
And I said, please help us stop human trafficking. And it had two faces of women. <sighs> and I thought, I have been moving my face to focus on myself. Oh. When I there's no reason other than God's grace and goodness that my face is not on that poster. Wow. And it broke my heart. Yeah. And it was actually after that moment that we learned through the investigation who he's connected to. Um, it was already on my heart and on my mind and on the police that he was probably going to remove me from the property. Um, well, I have a right. question, and I think that they're going to ask this question as well, is how did he get into your room? That's, that's a great big, question. That's a good, big part of the story. They, they found on him a key to my room um, with my room number written on it. Um, we don't know how he got that key. We are still investigating that. Um, but it's very, it's suspect to me. Very interesting. So he entered the hotel. It is my personal belief that he entered the hotel knowing which room he was going to enter into. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't one of my keys because. And you'll had your own floor, right? We had our own floor. Yeah. And in order to get on the, like the elevator, you had to like scan your key card. Yeah. And then it says, go to elevator three. And there are no buttons inside the elevator. So you have to have a key to a room on a floor. It's not like you can like scan your key for room for floor 15 and then press floor 22. Yeah. Like you, it just tells you where to go. So the only way he was on that floor was with a key, which they found on his, in his coat jacket. Um, <sighs> that's like sickening. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I'm still learning so much about this as well. I definitely know that um, there's been more talk about obviously human trafficking with the whole Pizzagate stuff that's been going on and people have been more bold about it. But then for some reason, Instagram and Facebook kind of wants to silence it and shut it down. And so like I'm saying like there's fishy things going on where people are like wanting to close their eyes to it or be like, no, it's not real. Or like, yeah, that's great. But like, there's other things we got to worry about too. But I'm like, we don't want to diminish this. And so if you feel like, like the way Chandler has felt, where like the Lord keeps putting this on your heart, keeps putting it on your heart, like do something about it. You'll get involved, step up, make a difference. Um, and I mean, for me, like I've never really thought much about human trafficking either, but recently there's been all these things. People have prophesied over me. Like, I think I've had three or two different people now say the Lord wants you to get involved in human trafficking. And I'm like, what? And so it's no accident also that I feel like Chandler and I know each other this happened. And so like, I'm looking for ways to also step up, to get involved, to help out, to speak out. And so Chandler, what are some ways that if people are listening, how can we donate, help out all that stuff? Well, and talking about it, I think yeah. talking about it and um, making it a normal part of conversation that is, not, it's not, it's never going to be normal. Right. right. But making it something that is not taboo to talk about. Yeah. And also I will say like Pizzagate and all that stuff. One thing that is not great about that is that people are associating trafficking with conspiracy theory. And they that is are. not the case. Trafficking is not a conspiracy theory. No. It is happening all around us. It is happening every single day underneath our noses. So the first thing is learn what you can. Um, before we decided to record this podcast, I said, I'm going to find a course that I can take where I can learn more about the science and the things. And I know that any government agency, if you work in healthcare, you probably are already having to take courses or education. Um, courses are starting to roll out, but you can find them online. Pay what it, what's worth being, what it, pay what they ask to pay. Just yeah. pay it, take the course. Um, because you could be the person that notices that the woman at the table next to you is showing some signs mm -hmm. that she is being forced 
to be there or um, that her, somebody is demonstrating a lot of power over her. Um, and so to know the science, to do the education, to do the work and find out more, um, but then also to know what a typical victim, uh, what a typical victim looks like and, yeah. and what, and start looking for people that, what's so sad about this is that the victim, the typical victims of, of trafficking are exploited because they think no one's going to come look for them. Oh, that's so sad. They think no one's going to come look for them. And my mom came and looked for me because she had that thought, I got to check on my girl, my daughter, my yeah. daughter. But we should be thinking about all of God's children, God's mm-hmm. daughters, God's sons. Um, and so, like I said, deliverance can come because we are looking. We're deciding to see the person on, this, on the sign. We're deciding to go after and find these people. Um, so that's one way. The second way is that majority of these victims, when they're pulled out of trafficking, what happens is that they're, they're, um, they're victim... They, they're vulnerable. So their vulnerability, yeah. and this is something Christine Kane, which by the way is amazing. By the way, Christine Kane, the one who in 2020 I had that incredible experience with, and I really first learned about trafficking the day after I told Janine I'm gonna take a course. Christine posted that she did like a one-hour course with TBN. So that's a great place to start. Yeah. And but she moved her location from California to Dallas. To Dallas. Yeah, they opened up a what's called a, a freedom center. And this so is what crazy. I want to talk about next yeah. because what happens is we have these victims and they're they're victimized because of their vulnerability. So they're vulnerable in the first place. And we we listed some of those risk factors in a typical um, a trafficking victim, right? But they're vulnerable. And then what happens is they're then exploited, right? It's a cycle. They're vulnerable and then they're exploited. They're trafficked. Their vulnerabilities have been exploited and used and they are, they're abused and um, they, they're caught in a system. What happens when we pull them out between their vulnerabilities and the trauma of their exploitation? And let me tell you, I was untouched except for an injury mm. because I fought the guy. Um, and I was safe in moments afterwards and the trauma I experienced, I cannot put words to it. Wow. I'm still to this day in dealing with trauma from this. Can you imagine the actual physical trauma um, yeah. about that, they, that these women experience, the physical, the mental, the social, the, the and for years, years too. For years. Yeah. So not to mention their vulnerabilities already in the first place. Then they're ex- they're exploited, and then we pull them out of trafficking. Well, what happens is they're they're at a really high potential of being revictimized because. Yeah. Are, we're not looking for them. We're not looking to help them. We're not looking to reunite them. And so what happens is that we have these amazing, amazing companies that are not only going in and pulling people out of out of trafficking, but there's amazing companies that are probably happening all over the United States. Like yeah. I can think of a few right now. Bochi's place here in Dallas. Amazing. Yeah. Um, the Refuge uh, in Austin. There's also a place called Austin 20. Um, they focus specific. I think they focus specifically on minors, bringing minors back and restoring them, and pouring into them and giving them therapy. Um, the A twenty one Freedom Centers. There's one in Charlotte. There's one here in Dallas. They've got them all over the world. Um, but then outside of that, there's A twenty one, the International Justice Mission. There's Operation Underground Railroad, so mm-hmm. our rescue. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Exodus Cry, which is about like save our children. I mean, there are lots of the Tim Tebow Foundation. Yeah. You can be involved simply by giving. You can just give and give and give these, any amount of money that you're going to give to these places. And like we said, we love Bochi's place. We, we do, about yeah. Bochi's place I've funded them before and funded a room, which is really cool. Like our friend yes. Sarah Elson, she makes jewelry and she made like a room dedicated for the women to come and like have a safe place so they don't go back into it. Right. So you can fund that and support that. And that's huge. It's huge because if we can break that cycle, then we can empower women who once were victims so that they no longer are victims. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's awesome. And I, I feel like I'm like, okay, like, let's go. Like, I'm ready to be involved. Put me in, coach. Like, I'm ready to help out because, yeah, I mean, it, it is something that I, again, it's not really talked about, but it impacts someone for the rest of their life. Emotionally, they get trauma from it. And so, like, I am like, let's freaking go. And thank you for sharing your story. And, like, I remember also, like, again, when Chandler was saying, like, just kind of, being observant like I remember one time I was in California with some friends and we were just um drinking coffee and we were sitting by the window and this girl is walking it's literally 9 a.m she's wearing this short skimpy dress she's carrying a suitcase she's with this older man she walks by and looks me dead in the eye and I go something did not feel right with that and like my friend Sarah saw too she was like something's not right with that, which is funny because my friend Sarah and Emily, they work at the um, California A21 location. So they're like fully trained on like what to do. So she looks us dead in the eye. We both go run out the door. We like try to like look at her again. She doesn't look back. We like look at her again. We immediately call the cops, tell them like where they are, where they went. Um, and so the cops came out and everything. I'm like, I'm honestly not sure if they got the girl but like just being observant of like, okay, this girl looked at me in the eye. She's carrying a suitcase. It's 10 a.m. She's with an older man. Like just looking for things like that. Um, I'm hoping the cops caught the, the guy. But gosh, I, hope so. I kept going out looking for her, trying to like get her to see me and like waving and like she just never turned back around. Well, and that brings me to my next point and one that I think everybody needs to know. Sorry, guys, we had to swap out the battery in my camera. So, okay, we're just wrapping up here. Um, what was the last thing you said you wanted to say? Uh, well, I want to talk about the National Human Trafficking Hotline. So this is an also a really good resource that we can have. Um, a lot of, it, it's actually increasing in usage that people are starting to know that it exists and that you can. So uh, we can call the police absolutely first and foremost if you see something. Um, the number is 1-888-373-7800. Or you can text two three three seven three three. Um, yeah. and text messaging, um, reach outs through texting via yeah. text are like growing exponentially as of twenty nineteen. So I can wow. only imagine even more so with the pandemic in twenty twenty. Um, if you think or have an idea that that you well, if you yourself or somebody you know is being forced or coerced to do things that are um that you don't want to do, they're they're exploiting your body. Uh, for any purpose, for labor or for sex, um, even if you're being digitally trafficked and someone is exploiting photos that they've had you send them, um, please, please do not hesitate to text that number. Yeah. Um, text 233-733. Um, mm -hmm. They're a great, great starting point to get you help and get you out. Um, you do not need to be underneath that person's thumb any longer. Um, and if you suspect that somebody else is, that's a great starting point as well. Obviously, yeah. 911 is the very first go-to if you think yes. someone's in immediate danger. Um, once again, human trafficking is the fastest cr growing crime in the mm -hmm. world. We are literally living in a society where modern day slavery is thriving. You live in a world where slavery is thriving. Um, I think that's what's blown me away the most that 40 million people are currently enslaved and trafficking. That means one in every 200 people Gosh. is being, is trafficked, is a, is a slave um, in our modern day society. Christine Kane does a really good job of wrapping it up. And so I'm going to copy what she said. There are currently 2.5 billion Christians, registered Christians worldwide, 2.5. And there are 2.5 billion and there are 40 million victims. 
if we decided to actually surrender our lives to the things that matter most to the heart of God and to go out and to find his people and to take a stand and to make sure this does not happen. Um, we absolutely could stop this. Yeah. We absolutely could. And it, and it starts with conversations. It starts with empowerment. It starts with education. And so um, if you've made it this far, I thank you for listening. Um, yeah. Thanks and, guys. Yeah. And I'll have all the information down below the numbers, the links, if you want to donate, if you want to get involved. Um, I mean, they're always looking for help, I'm sure. And um, again, if you see something, say something. Yeah. Thank you, Chandler, for sharing your story. Yes. I'm so glad you're alive and I you're here you. with me. And I don't know what I'd do without you. And so I just <laughs> praise God for his protection and his covering. And um, that's just something, again, for I think if you're listening, just to remember that, like, the Lord is our defender and he is our protector and he is our refuge. And so I'm just thankful that he saved you. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm sure your husband and your kids are as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I know that this one was a little bit heavier and everything, but you know, this podcast is called Happy and Healthy. And like, there's some people out in the world that are not happy and healthy because of what they are being, uh, how they're being used and, and misused and all these things. And so um, if we can make a difference, then let's do it. Yeah. And I'm ready to like get, yeah. I'm ready to freaking go. Like I'm we're angry. doing this. <laughs> I'm mad. Yeah. I'm mad because their hurt matters yeah. to God. So it yeah, and matter they, to and us. And they think nobody cares <laughs> and they think nobody sees them and like, when will this end? And that's really heartbreaking. It really is. Yeah. And so let's make a change. Let's do it. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Um, you can find Chandler's stuff all down below as well. If you want to connect with her, chat with her, ask her further questions. Your Instagram is chandler.hatchet with two T's at the end. Yes. And that'll also be down below in the description. Um, I love you friend. And I will see you guys next Tuesday for another episode. Happy Bye guys.